uh, as a, as a follow-on, um, because Kara isn't preaching this week, um, I'm going to um, try to take advantage of this a little bit, um, and I'm going to try to preach a very different sermon from the ones I would normally preach, or, or even, I think, the ones you'd normally hear preached. Um, and the, the big difference is that this morning I want to make space. So normally when I preach, I, I come up here, read a piece of scripture, and I, I try to dig into like history and um, put up some fancy slides with a bunch of public domain art and, um, <laughs> and, and try to like, bring, bring something out of the text. Very, very analytical, very in tune with my personality, um, if you know me. And if you don't, you, you will probably figure that out. Um, but I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Um, and um, that space I want to create is really just going to be silence. Um, so what I'll be doing is I'm going to read from uh, Psalm 27. And uh, I want to have some time for quiet reflection on the scriptures. Um, specifically how this is going to work, I'll, I'll read through the um, scripture, and then I, I will have a few, I'll pray, and I will have a few remarks, um, but really all, all those remarks are going to be um, are basically the kind of reflections that I had um, while I was practicing <laughs> this week, while I was, I was practicing the, the, the kind of meditative read of the scriptures that we're going to do this morning. And so um, during that silent time, I will set a timer, um, so I'm not going to like let it go on indefinitely, I promise. Um, I know sitting in silence can be uncomfortable, um, and, it can, and it can feel like a lot longer than it is. Um, so that's okay. Um, likewise, I also know uh, we live in, in the real world, so it's okay if you know a kid makes noise there might be noise from outside the building. There might just be the white noise of the building if the heating system comes on. I'm not worried about that. If your phone goes off, I'm not worried about that. I'm actually going to make sure mine's on silent right now, uh, which it wasn't. Ha-ha! <laughs> uh, boom. Okay, so I've avoided one phone going off. Uh, but if, you know, I, I mean, if you need to have your phone on, uh, that's fine. I understand. Um, okay, so, so what... What are we going to do with that silence? I'm going to read. I'll have a few remarks. And then I'm going to read through the passage again. And I'll stop a couple of times to make that space. Um, and during that time, just as, as guidance, I just want you to pause and reflect on what jumps out at you in this passage. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to show my work. I'm going to tell you what jumped out at me and how it landed with me. Um, Yours is going to be different. <laughs> so when I, when I show my work to you, that's not what your work is going to be. Um, really what I, what I want you to be sensitive to is that God wants to, to talk to you. God wants to work with you and speak to you. Um, so we're going to be treating the scriptures as alive this morning. I mean, I, we always believe that. Um, but we're, we're really going to practice that um, during that period of silence. And just try to reflect, see what emotions are coming up, see what memories you have, what's, what connects for you. Maybe take some time to pray about that. But I would even say uh, it doesn't have to be a wordy prayer. You can, you can take the time to have like a listening prayer, like, 
okay, God, so I, I, I heard that word and I felt this. What's that? <laughs> like, you, you can be that simple with the Almighty. He understands. He, he, he knows us. Um, so, with that, uh, with that very loose guide to meditative reading of the Scriptures, I'm going to start with Psalm 27. And I'm going to be reading out one of these. Um, I will have the Scriptures up on the slides, but because this is, you know, we're going to be taking time uh, for meditative reading, I did put out the Pew Bibles. We've been avoiding using those during the pandemic, but I think, like, they're definitely clean. They've been out of circulation for years. <laughs> um, or uh, at least a year and change. Um, so, and then we'll put them back away. We won't use them next Sunday. So if, you, if you're in the back rows, you may have to, like, under the chairs, you may have to, like, steal one from the chair in front of you. Um, so just feel free to grab one of those if, if, like, you know, during the silent time, you're like, oh, I want to read that first, but it's not up on the slide. Like, just grab, grab one of these suckers. Psalm 27, it's about in the middle. It's on page 384, if that helps. Um, all right, so without further ado, let's read God's Word. This is a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies, my foes, who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. But my father and mother forsake me. The Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. God, um, this is your time. So I just pray for what you want to do to happen. And that will be enough. That will be more than enough. Amen. Um, so when I was reading through the scripture and reflecting on it, um, you know, it, it actually connects back to that prayer of confession we read earlier where, where we 
we confess that we have sinned, right? That um, by what we've done, by what we have left undone, that we haven't loved God with our whole heart, we haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves. And we need to do that. Uh, that's an important part of Christian practice. And I think the, the good thing about the Psalms in general, and, and this Psalm in particular, is that they can show us the other side of that coin, which is to remind us that we live in a world where everybody else has sinned too. Many of them against us, right? Against us in particular, me, right? And you. By what they've done, sure. I mean, we, we can all probably think of like the ways we've been sinned against by what was done to us, but also by what they have left undone, by the ways people haven't loved us as they loved themselves. I think one thing that can stop us um, as Christians um, from experiencing God's love and the healing of our hurts is when we don't name them. When we don't allow ourselves to admit that we live in a fallen world, every significant person in our life is a fallen person. We have enemies, right? And I don't mean the enemy. That's probably the big one, right? But I, I mean like, there are, we have rivals. We have people who want the same stuff as us, and, and maybe it shouldn't be this way. Maybe it doesn't even have to be this way. But as it happens, a lot of times, in that scarcity, uh, we're in a struggle with them, right? We have opponents, if you will. If you have a job that is not in the public sector, uh, you may be competing with other firms, right? If you have um, a job in the public sector, I mean, at the very least, you're working for the state, which is in, in a meaningful sense in competition with other states. We live in a world where conflict is real. People treat each other wrong as a result of those rivalries. And we, us, individual human beings, get hurt because of it. And the really perverse thing about the world is that it, it just seems bound and determined to stop us from acknowledging that and, and to give us all these little ways to dodge the fact that we're hurt, that we've been sinned against. I think a, a greatest hits list, here in the Midwest, we really love to downplay the way that we've been hurt. Right? We, when we talk about something that hurt us, we, we, really, like, we just like to say, well, it wasn't that bad. I've had worse Others have had worse, right? You'll hear that one. At least it wasn't such and such that happened to me. At least I still have this other thing. Or maybe we do something a little darker. Maybe instead of downplaying the hurt, we acknowledge the hurt. But instead of like facing it, we like turn around and come alongside the hurt, put our arm around its shoulder, and whatever message that sin, that damage was doing to us, we internalize it, and we say, well, you know, that hurt, but it made me stronger. Heard that one? I've said that one. That hurt, but I deserved it. Ooh, that one's real dark. And, it, and it's so dark because it's just this close to true, right? Because we, we are sinners too, right? We are part of this problem. But if you start trying to pretend like being sinned against is good, 
I, I think it just becomes sort of psychically impossible to act like you need to confess yourself. Like, your, your mind demands consistency one way or the other, right? You either have to say, sin is bad, and it's bad when it happens to other people, and it's bad when it happens to me, or you have to, like, you know, pr- pretend an indifference that you don't actually feel. And I think one of the wonderful things about the Psalms um, is that they remind us that it isn't unholy to feel, and even to feel, like, negative emotions, right? Um, they, they remind us that God's people have always and often best been at their best when they were passionately honest about what's wrong. And, and I, I think it's in being honest or about our emotions that God's Holy Spirit can really begin to work on us. Something that, um, there was a set of words that came to me while I was reading through the scripture and, and praying this week. Um, and it was just, God, heal my hurt and meet the need of love that I can't get met here. And, and I took that prayer, and I was able to walk through parts of my life where I could see that my needs of love were not getting met, where somebody wasn't loving me as they love themselves. And in, and in case you think, like, you know, that, like, it, it can get so dramatic when you start talking about oppressors. Like, I'm going to give you a banal example. Uh, I raise a seven-year-old, and that means that multiple times a week, somebody tells me, I hate you, <laughs> right? And it's, it's so easy most of the time to shrug that off and to acknowledge that I said this sort of thing to my mom, right? <laughs> like, like, I'm not, I'm not going to, like, come down hard because, like, I know what it is to be seven, and you're just trying to cope with stronger emotions than you have words for. But it does start to hurt. And um, the real, one of the real challenges as a dad is learning how to say, that's wrong, don't do that, and I love you, and you're safe. And you're doing that, you're meeting that need of love while you're not getting that need met yourself. And I would go so far as to say it's not really supposed to be like that. <laughs> and then I, I could walk from there, I could walk into like, other petty struggles at, at work or with my spouse um, or with other significant people in my life. I could, I could think about that in terms of like, my country and the ways I feel like my country has failed. Um, I could think about that in terms of anything I'm a part of that hasn't, hasn't really served me right, hasn't really served the people around me who I also love right. And I could pray that to God and say, God, heal my hurt and meet the need of love that I can't get met here in this, in this broken world. And, and how this psalm really like, met me, like, like the critical turn, and this is something I want to emphasize, is that this psalm is not a self pity party, right? It, it by no means encourages us to wallow in our misery, which is the other thing, uh, other, 
Maybe another thing I could stand to confess and repent of. Um, Just that, that ending there. I will remain confident in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's a bold call to hope. To say, I, I'm, not, I'm not waiting for heaven, right? I'm not waiting for exclusively for justice beyond death. I am going to see God's goodness here, <laughs> right? Where living people are. And then it offers advice on how to, how to cultivate that hope. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And take heart and wait for the Lord. So that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to read through the scripture. I'll pause a couple times. Got my clock going. And um, just take that time to be silent. Think about how this scripture speaks to you. Even if it's completely off of what I've just been talking about. Let God's word do the work in you. So once again, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Let's just take a minute. Psalm continues. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn away your servant in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me. God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Let's take another few minutes.
So it may be that um, during this time, God started to do some work with you. Um, maybe that something's come up. We're just going to continue to wait for God. Um, and there's going to be some sound. Um, Philip's going to come play a last song. Um, I would just invite everybody here to continue in the attitude of worship that seems best to you. If that is quiet contemplation while the music plays, go ahead. If that is singing, go ahead. Um, this is also the time that we take to pray for each other. So um, while the music's playing, if you would like someone to pray for you, you can come just stand up somewhere in front of the front row of chairs um, or off to the side. Um, someone from our church who's been trained on how to pray will come up, put a hand on your shoulder, and ask how they can pray for you. And, and it, just to demystify it a little bit, they're not going to feel any obligation to fix you or advise you um, or even reassure you. Some of the words in the psalm can stir up powerful hurts that are beyond our ability to heal. Um, but they can be there with you, and they can pray with you, and they can invite God to work with you. Would you stand?